give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. I am coming to you from San Jose, California, but John LaRocca is not in San Jose tonight. He is in what us San Jose State people call Fresno as Fresno. Actually, I don't know if San Jose State people call it that, but that's that's what I call it. Um, anyways, John's joining us from a, uh, is it a hotel room? Is it a, is it a Airbnb? Where are you at in Fresno? I am in the spacious town place suites Marriott here in, uh, Fresno. <laughs> I'm on assignment, but decided to check in because it's, it's our weekly fighting bog podcast, man. I can't miss it. I yeah, can't miss it. Absolutely. Uh, so to tie in Fresno to your wrestling fandom, uh, what? So okay, so I'll, first of all, I'll tell you the shows that I remember from Fresno. I've actually seen um, Royal Rumble two thousand and five, which was the John Cena and Batista as the final two with Vince running in and tearing both of his quads. Uh, show was was that the Save Mar Center? I think so. Yeah. I was just right there tonight. <laughs> uh, and so also on that show was um, the uh, uh, people taking their frustration out on Daniel Pewter. Um, yeah, I remember that. And then Muhammad Hassan, too, right? Was that the same same match? Yes. I believe this was the same match because... I believe so because I remember the bookers at APW at the time... I think it's mostly Jason Dedrick, not really Gabe Ramirez, but we had a garage rumble and they literally booked the same exact match. That's how crazy they got. Um, <laughs> and that's actually a show we actually had AJ Styles on, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, they kind of brought him in surprises. And um, AJ Styles wrestled my friend JJ Perez and they had a really good match. And Daniels came in and did the, the Muhammad Hassan spot where he's like this outsider and all the APO people surround him and they just gang and throw him out at one point. So I remember that. I just remember because I didn't really watch the Royal Rumble that year and then I watched it later and then I watched it after I saw the APW uh, Garage Rumble and I was like, oh my God, they just literally copied the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and so I think this was also Fresno, though I wasn't there. But if I'm correct, this is what actually got me back into WWE, which is, I believe it was January 98. I think it was the Monday Night Raw after the Royal Rumble in San Jose. And it was hmm. Iron Mike Tyson and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the shoving match in the middle of the ring. Was that, well, I think that was Fresno. Yeah, that was uh, Fresno. Because I was at the Rumble 
whereas Tyson was in the luxury box. And I was like, I would say about eight to ten rows below Mike Tyson. We're in the same luxury box section as Mike Tyson. And I remember that because people were saying how cool he was. He walked up there and he says hi to you and all that stuff. I didn't go up there and see him, but, but I just remember he was above us. And it was like a big deal. Well, he he, he, yeah. he he mentioned in that in that interview, right? He mentions Bruno San Martino, who was like <laughs> on the no list for them at that point. He yeah. calls Austin. He calls him uh, Cold Stone, and then he called uh, <laughs> he called Shawn Michaels like a young hungry tiger or something like that. Uh, not not. What? Not necessarily turn their fortune around. Oh, absolutely! Right? It was like I mean, okay. So, in it, it re it helped you know sort of rehabilitate Mike Tyson as well as help WWE a lot because you could if you remember you know Tyson is coming off of some bad stuff, right? Like he's yeah, he's like per, he's like persona non grata in the boxing world. Um, though they knew that they would be able to make money with him again. Um, and just in the sports world in general, I think people were just sort of sick of Tyson, but you had always heard that he was such a big wrestling fan. And so, you know, when WWF did get him for that small, that small period of time, I, I was just like, that was the perfect crossover for me, you know, being a hardcore boxing fan, being a hardcore wrestling fan, though I will admit, you know, I'm, uh, what I'm 22 at this time and I'm, you know, sort of in college and dating and stuff. So WWE is not on the uh on the, at the top of my mind on a, on a daily basis anymore um mm-hmm. uh, but i remember being at a um i want to say we had a city league basketball game my dad my buddy's dad and the two of us and a couple of other guys i think my buddy my buddy edson who uh who who gets who 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 uh you know some people know who listen to this they know they'll, they'll know him as uh eddie zuko um he he, we were all we were all at like uh, in downtown San Jose at like House of Pizza or something, and uh, and on the TV they're just showing clips and highlights of this Austin and uh, and and uh, Tyson thing, and I was just like whoa like this is I I mean you know I'm not I'm I'm smartened up obviously at this point but I was just like whoa like this is such like a realistic thing and so smart and from that point on I was in till till WrestleMania so I was back from this point on at this moment. Yeah, the only show I've ever seen here at Fresno, and I forget the ring's name, but you can look it up, but it was fully loaded in 1998. Um, the main event was Steve Austin, Undertaker versus Mankind and Kane. Um, there was a Rock versus Triple H in an Iron Man match, 30-minute Iron Man match. Um, there was a pretty good Jeff Jarrett, Val Venus opener. Um, there was, we were hard, we, I sat, on the hard can side. So like there was the bikini show off between Jacqueline and Sable and Sable takes her clothes off and she just has like the little <laughs> nipple things on. So like right in front of me and I was like in like the fourth row. That's how, I mean, my buddies got tickets and went to the show. And I just remember that being a pretty, pretty good show. And when the hotel we stayed at was like the same hotel WWE people stayed at. So, it was kind of crazy. Like you just walk down and there's people all around. And, and I really didn't talk to a lot of people because I was like in that same boat. I was just like a year in of being around APW and volunteering and teaching you like, don't be quote unquote Mark and do all this kind of stuff. So I was, didn't really do much, but I did. I did take a picture of Terry Funk because it was Terry Funk. I was like, I want to meet Terry Funk. 
and went up to him, and I was like, can I take a picture of you, sir? And he goes, well, sure, son. And he put his arm around me, gives me a big hug, and we took a picture. And it's somewhere in various times I've moved in some box somewhere. <laughs> so Yeah, and, and that's day, uh, that, that would have been, would that have been Foley's, like one of like maybe second to last WWF run because he came back for that ECW stuff, but he was no. Cha- this is uh, this is right before, right after the, the Hell in a Cell stuff because he was on fire at that point, you know. Yeah, but he had come back. He, he had come back for the Chainsaw Charlie stuff, right? Oh, you're talking about Terry Funk. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what um, I mean. yeah, yeah, That's what yeah. I mean. Terry. So Terry's done with the Chainsaw. Now, like this, this show, he teamed up with Two Cold Scorpio against like Bradshaw, and I don't know who the hell. Maybe it was, maybe it was Farouk. I don't even remember, but I just remember Bradshaw giving Two Cold Scorpio a layer in the outside. He did like a spin bump on the outside. I just remember that was like right in front of us, you know. And then I thought that was, uh, and, for, and so for some reason I also remember like a row ahead of me, in the last seat on the end of the row was like this hot. Brunette. I mean, she was just smoking. And out comes like Val Venus, and he does this stuff, and she's like just licking her lips, man. I've never, I just like <laughs> wanted that dude so bad. I was like, man, you know, like that dude can just like literally snap his fingers and she would do whatever. <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was just wild. I just remember that. And um, I also remember. <laughs> it was kind of funny. We're like in the lobby, and like all the WP are checking in, and me and my friends are just hanging out. With my friend, I think my friend JJ was with us, and so the guy Nick and like Michael P.S. Hayes was walking around, and he's like, my friend goes, "Hey," and Michael P.S. Hayes like looks at him like, "Oh, you recognize me?" Like big smile on his face, and he goes, "He's like you're wearing an Ahmed Johnson T-shirt." <laughs> 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 I know it just was weird. Because he was burning his big old Ahmed Johnson, like big old face Ahmed Johnson T-shirt. Michael PSS was, and he just like, like looks at him and like puts his head down and walks. <laughs> it was just bizarre. I, just, I always, I remember that. I remember that conversation, that that, that <laughs> little moment too. I thought that was hilarious. And then this was when the Rock was just like starting to come up. So like, he wasn't. I mean, he was getting popular, but he wasn't the the you know the the superstar became like a year later you know so I remember he was just walking around the, the hotel like and people were like oh you know people taking pictures of him and not but it was like people were just mad dash to see him and I remember I'm going too long on this but I just remember seeing like Kane and China and there's all those people just walking around and it was just it was just interesting to see them you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally come on we don't have a time limit here this is the internet the internet is forever. Um, that's very true <laughs> yeah but you're right we sometimes we, we were doing a couple 90 minute shows there <laughs> we, we shortened it a little bit um, this might be this might be another one <laughs> okay so um, this was an interesting week for news I want to get this out of the way because it turned out to be somewhat of a farce unless something else has changed but uh, Sunday night it was reported that Floyd Mayweather was in Japan at a rising press conference. And so the press conference happens. Supposedly, Floyd is going to be on um, on rising versus uh, a, a young kickboxer named uh, Tenshin uh, Nazakawa. And so nobody, unless you really follow that sport pretty hard, I think he's got like maybe three or four MMA fights as well. 
Like, no one really knows who that is. Uh, Mayweather himself, uh, I don't think he knew who it was before uh, he did the press conference. And so the idea was he was going to do, like, a three-round exhibition with this kid for Rising um, for their uh, New Year's or New Year's Eve show. And it turns out that um, uh, most, I think most people were like, oh, okay, what's, you know, what's going on here? This doesn't sound like something Floyd would do. And I, and I thought it was too small time for him as well. I was kind of surprised. And today he comes out and says that uh, he's not doing that fight and that he is not, uh, or some, maybe something with the negotiations or, you know, the, the one people uh, and the rising folks who are behind this, uh, you know, they they changed, you know, the what the plan was or whatever. Like, it's Floyd, right? So, you, so who knows? And, and it's rising, so who knows, right? They've tried to book... Um, boxers before Mike Tyson, you know, and so, and so today, I guess people were ready to go. I told you so. I told you so. And look, he, he pulled out. We'll see. I, it's probably, he's probably out for good, but it could, you know, they could talk again or, or whatever. But, um, I only wanted to bring it up because it was going to be one of the main topics that I was going to talk to you about. But the fact that Floyd today said that it's not happening, not really a news story for us anymore. But I did want to give you the opportunity to say, you know, if you had any thoughts on this whole, this whole thing whatsoever. Um, when I saw the news that he pulled out or whatever happened, I just, I just chuckled. Like, cause when I heard the first one, I heard the match announcement, I was like, that's very bizarre. And just like you, I'm like, I'm surprised Mayweather even knows about, like, <laughs> Japan. So I just figured, like, Ryzen and the one promotion behind this, like, just threw him a bunch of money. He's like, yeah. yeah, I'll be like that, you know, and I'll carry this kid. But I'm guessing, I don't think it was the money issue. I'm guessing it was the rules issue. Mm-hmm. It also could have been, it also could have been that his advisors are like, you know, they might fucking double cross you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, it's it's three round exhibition boxing, but this kickboxer could throw a kick and you know nail you, and just to get his name out there and build build a you know build you know controversy to build up future fights. You know, because it doesn't take him just beating Floyd; it could just be a controversial situation where it gets in the news now. People want to go see this kid fight because you know what's going to happen next. You know, so that's that's kind of what I felt. And Floyd's excuse was pretty hilarious. Like, Oh, I didn't know what the (laughs) conference was about. (laughs) Just classic Mayweather. And it's just goofy. And that's like, but it's like this Japanese stuff, right? When it comes to this fight game, it's always been goofy since like day one, right? From pride on. It's just, and I was, I wasn't shocked. I'm surprised. Like I wasn't shocked that he pulled out or this match isn't, the fight isn't happening. I'm just shocked. Like, it was like less than a day. Her day. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, right. Happened like maybe in like two weeks. Like two weeks, I'd have been like, okay, that's about right. But like a day, I just, I just chuckled and laughed because everyone's pretty. I mean, at least the people that I follow on Twitter and and the sponsor I saw on Twitter, I thought people were pretty excited about this. And I was like, you know what? I'll watch this car crash. You know, I'll, I'll check it out. It's you know the curiosity for me. I I would watch it. And yeah. Oh, I would and, too. I totally would. And then people are like, now people are just, and it's just like, nothing's gone like that. And I just don't see Mayweather doing it at all, unless the money is just too much to, to turn down. But I think, you know, Floyd, 
end of the day, he wants to go down undefeated. So he's not going to risk that. And I don't think he wants to get risky and double-cross on how much money because in the day, he wants to be Floyd, number one, and, he, and he's not going to put himself in a position where he's going to get his lose, first of all, or, or double-cross. So you know, I, you know what, I, out. what I wonder is if he thought that Rising was pro-wrestling because you remember he did the match at WrestleMania 24 yeah. with Big Show. And so... You know, if he thinks like it's like, oh, okay, I get it. It's you know, it's 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 not real. It's you know, it's show business, and I can do that. I did it before. And then when he got there, and they sh- they see this you know, kid who's half of his age, and who's like you know, <laughs> ready to kick his teeth in. He's like, oh shit, you know, I don't I don't know if I uh, I, I might have bitten off more than I can chew here. But but I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's probably the rules thing. Um, you know, he wants boxing. They maybe probably wanted, you know, maybe like a hybrid of like, maybe there's three rounds of different whatever. But um, I didn't think about the, the the double cross thing until you said that, because that has always got to be in, in the back of your mind when you go out there, right? Still, I mean, maybe not Why as much today like, yeah. as, as in, in the in the old days, but it's still got to be in the back of your mind a little bit. Or just like this history of Japanese um, fighting and, even for wrestling, there's been some moments where a double cross has increased business for someone like, like look at Akira Maeda, right? With Ricky Choshi. Ricky Choshi has, I forget who in the Scorpion Deathlock, and Maeda goes and just, you know, does a kick right to his eye and breaks his eye socket and then gets fired. And he opens rings up, and then people see him as like this legit fighter. You know, he's a real guy and not a fake pro wrestler. And he mm-hmm. ends up doing like work pro wrestling matches, but people are thinking they're real, you know, same with, you know, UWFI and Takata, you know, they, you know, put him in situations where, you know, he they made him look like a, a killer, but when he's really did real fights, he wasn't that tough, you know? And so, I don't know. It just, it just screamed. I just felt, I just feel like there was going to be a double cross. Honestly, I think, I think they would have said, yeah, it's a boxing match eventually. And then all of a sudden, boom, he just kicks him in the gut or kicks him, you know, gives him a liver shot and he can't continue the fight. You know what I mean? And then even though he's quote unquote disqualified because he didn't follow the rules in the fans eyes, he beat Floyd Mayweather. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and that, I just, that's why I figured it would happen. I'm like pretty confident. I think Floyd's people maybe talk to some people that actually know about the politics and the fight game in Japan. They're like, yeah, you might want to stay away from this one. <laughs> It'd be a bad night, you know. Maybe you want to do WrestleMania again. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you, and you and Connor at WrestleMania again. Yeah, yeah. The tag team versus <laughs> the Degeneration X. <laughs> <laughs> Hunt, Hunter, I just that out there, Hunter, 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 wrestling with one arm because he's not going to be. He's not going to be ready. Um, yeah, tough break. So there was a ni- nice, nice little, nice little segue right there. Uh, that was that was a really good one because we are going to talk a little bit about Crown Jewel now. It feel because it was last Friday, it feels like it's old news by now, and it kind of is old news by now. But um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, you were watching like I was, and you know I was telling people oh, I'm not going to watch the show and I'm going to opt out of WWE Network, which I did. I did opt out, you know, for a little bit, but because um, uh, Brian Alvarez wrestled uh, Marco Stunt last weekend, he was 
unable to do Wrestling Observer Radio, so I pitched in uh, with Big Dave for both shows uh, on uh, Friday night and Saturday night, and thus I had to I had to watch Crown Jewel. So um, I did watch the show. Now I thought the show sucked, but um, I did enjoy doing our little Twitter group chat with me, you, and Dutra because. <laughs> Watching a wrestling match with a someone who is a is a worker like Dutra and b someone who looks for like the storytelling and almost like the meaning behind or the the subtleness behind some of the stuff going on, like you guys catch so many things and like you know I'm kind of half watching and I'm I'm doing other stuff because I'm 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 kind of working and and so you both were like oh I think Triple H is hurt and you said I think it's torn peck. And right when you said that, I was like, oh. And so then immediately I turned to Big Dave and I go, hey, did you see, did you hear that Triple H is injured? And then, you know, he starts talking to people and it's like, oh, yeah, they think it's a shoulder, but it does look like a peck. And so we, it was just like that kind of thing where if I'm watching with normal fans like, we just go, oh, yeah, this match sucks. Oh, it looks like Triple H just kind of dinged up. But then all of a sudden, because I'm watching with you guys, the story of the match becomes, oh, shit, Triple H just hurt. And then when Sean does the moonsault on the outside and, and yeah. like, bumps his face, I was just like, oh, no, that's the whole story of this match is these guys are old. And they're, do- they're doing what is, um, on Wrestling Observer Radio, I called it, like, an old-timers game, right? It's like It was like... It was like uh, um, guys trying to uh, do something that they were able to do, you know, 25 years ago. In this case, maybe 15 years ago. But it was really sad watching it from that perspective. Um, I know that, um, you know, I I know that to some extent your view of, of what that was might be a little bit different from mine, but did you sense, like, I mean, was there a... Like, I was really sad watching that match. I just... I know I shouldn't be sad. These guys are getting a ton of money to do this, to, you know, to perform in front of this uh, this audience, but I just kept thinking, like, wow, poor Triple H, poor Shawn Michaels, Undertaker and Kane were just kind of there. I was just like, man, I, I wonder if these guys want to, you know, take this match back and, like, pretend it never happened. I'm pretty sure Shawn... Other than the money, he feels that way. You know, I'm sure he's disappointed. But I'm sure they're all kind of disappointed, you know? Like, I don't think Triple H expected to get hurt, obviously, right? And I just, I just, well, it happened live on Friday. And during my lunch hour, I'm like, you know, I'm going to tune in on the WNA checkout counter. And, and, like, right away, like, I turn in, DX coming out. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, I'll get to watch this match. And the Proc match, I don't really like I'm watching the last match of the show, right? Mm-hmm. When it ends, it's like, we'll see you next time. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is the main event. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I just remember watching it, and, like, it's just a sad – It's I mean, everyone's getting older. It's just, it's just you know, father time. The one person you just can't beat, right? And at least Undertaker looked a little better than his wrestling master Reigns, but he's still a lot slower. Kane's coming back from a leg injury. Uh, Triple H still looks good, but he also looks a little slower, but he doesn't wrestle on a regular basis, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but I, it's just, I don't know, like seeing Sean with the bald head, the white bald head and tan body with the the, the bandana or whatever that thing was, the 
sweatband. Yeah. It's just kind of sad, you know? Like, I just, I like, you, you said it perfectly. Like, it felt like an old-timers game, you know? And Sean was, early on, was looking good. But once Triple H got hurt, there's a little, there might, might have been a little audible there. I'm sure there was. And things kind of slowed down even more. And then when Sean did the moonsault and landed on his face, like, I don't know how that even happened. Yeah. I'm like, how does, like, like, it felt like those guys weren't around. Like, how does the two six foot seven and up guys not catching Sean on that? Like, I just don't, I, I don't understand what happened there. Like, I thought he was, he, I mean, I'm sure he was dizzy. I'm sure he was dizzy. He looked dizzy. And then he, you know, and, I give all the credit to the world to Triple H for gutting it out, and I know people may think it's stupid to gut it out, but, like, you know, he is the boss, right? You know, along with Vince McMahon, of course, but, like, he's setting an example. And this is, the, and then he has the old wrestling mentality where he worked through the injuries. He's always been like that. You remember the torn quad. What, like, a, what, a t- what a tough effort that guy I is. Triple H is oh I think God. Triple H is one of the toughest guys in the wrestling business. Um... And right away, I knew it was a torn pec. And it, because, okay, so Sean goes in the corner, right? He does the little uh, Ray Stevens bump, yeah. right? And then Triple H gets whipped in. Now, now, normally, Triple H takes that bump. He takes it, and he rolls. You know, you take it, his back hits the top turnbuckle, and the top, and, and he just goes over, right? And he's, and he's holding the top rope to just guide him so, he's, you know, so he hooks so he can rotate over right. take the bump, right? right. Well, he can't do it this time, right? Because Sean is in that corner. Right. So he hit Sean. So he overcompensated. Now he's putting all that bump on his arm, hold it. And I, I think to get, it was too fast. He didn't, like, take the, the bump to the turnbuckle. He had no idea with his lower back. wasn't there. So all the whipping and the force was on that arm and pec and just tore it up. And, man, I, know, I saw that picture on Twitter. I was like, holy shit. Like, torn muscles are just disgusting. It gets bruised and i've seen a lot of torn biceps and it always looks disgusting but like that peck yeah i mean was was it a peck it looked like also maybe a torn bicep too like with it all you know i don't know shoulder but it definitely a torn peck but it was just like it, that picture looked nasty you know definitely yeah. nasty. so so uh there were two other main main things to come out of that show i think uh one of them was brock lesnar uh, retaining, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in in a, a second. <laughs> but what did you think about? Uh, I guess Brock Lesnar winning because it was a vacant. But uh, what did you think about Shane McMahon putting himself into this uh, <laughs> in this World Cup tournament, taking his shirt off, and like mm-hmm. just just like killing Dolph Ziggler and uh, just destroying this poor guy in two minutes and, and winning this World Cup as if it, like, really meant something. Um, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see this part of it. The only thing I watched was the tag, the, the DX match and Brock, and, but I did read up on it. It's just like, really? I, I'm curious to go back and watch it, but then again, I'm like, I really don't waste my time and watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just bad. silly. I mean, they have all these guys, these talented guys in this tournament, and they could have made something special out of it. And it was just a, you know, an angle to, to build up to a SmackDown versus Raw match at Survivor Series, you know? And, um, yeah, um, pretty lame. I, I wonder what those people and the Saudi Arabia people were like, oh, we got this prestigious tournament that we're 
<laughs> but but I wonder. They don't, they don't even care. But I, I wonder if they saw Shane as like a big star. Yeah, well, he's from that era. I mean, not the era that they're really actually into, like the whole Hogan era yeah, and the yeah. Yokozuna era. But you know, the Prince is a big fan of that ninety three. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Um, I, I did enjoy the the Brock thing though. I did I did like that. Okay, so. I thought that was pretty good. So, so Brock is in there, and um, you know, I, I think I thought, okay, Strowman's going to win unless you know, unless Vince has some future plans with Brock, and you know, he's he's obviously going to be secretive about it. But the second I saw Braun Braun walk down to the aisle, I was like, he's not winning this match. Like he he was limping. His face kind of gave it away to me, like that, uh, you know, this like that sort of disappointment face. And uh, and I was like, whoa, I think Brock's going to win this match. And so, you know, when, when they, they, do, they do that hot start and then what is Brock, you know, Brock gives him like three or three F5s and he still kicks out. And I go, OK, well, maybe, maybe you know, maybe, maybe Braun, you know, just comes back from this and, and is all of a sudden, you know, just the, the, the biggest, baddest guy in the world. But then when he hit the fourth one and then the fifth one, and I was like, he's done. Like this match is over. Like, no, like you could, you could realistically kick out at two or three, but you're not kicking out Mm -hmm. of five. Like it just, it just kill, it kills Lesnar's move dead. And so then when that happened, um, I just like, was like, Okay, so their story is that Braun is so tough that it took five F5s to beat him. Yeah. Except he didn't get no moves in. And so I knew that most of the fan base uh, would would look at this as like, oh, you know, he just jobbed out to Brock. But I also knew that their excuse was going to be, well, it took five F5s to beat him. Like, he's tough as shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that story's not going to work. And plus, the announcers did not do a good job at telling that story. So I felt, I felt a little bad for, uh, for Braun, especially had to take that, that, uh, bump to the outside. Like just, no, not. Oh my God, this poor dude. And he's already looks banged up and, and like, gosh, like they're, you know, what, whatever they do or whatever they're doing to, to, you know, to make Brock this, uh, this big badass guy who's sort of unpredictable and, and people don't know, you know, they're, they're being swerved and, and that's kind of the thing with him. Like you could do all those things and not have Braun Strowman drop from, you know, from the top rope to the bottom of the floor at 320 pounds or whatever he weighs. Yeah. Like they did not have to do that. Yeah. How do you not like break a leg? I don't know, but I mean, he's an athlete. He's, 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 they know what to do, but like, it was funny because when I thought Braun was winning, actually I didn't have that perception of um, Braun losing. Um, I thought actually when I was watching, it, oh man, they're gonna have him survive these F five, he's gonna beat him. But then like, it just be, it basically became a Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match, right? Yeah, Where yeah. Brock just totally kicked the shit out of his opponent, and which I always thought like was counterproductive to like, they were really like, okay, we really, really worked hard. And they're like, we're going to put reins over. He's going to be our next guy. But like, like for example, at WrestleMania at 2015 in Santa Clara, like, you know, I think Brock just took way too much of that match. Yeah. And if they would have gave Roman some moments to really look like he was 
in control instead of just fighting from behind. I'm talking about some moments of dominance. Yeah. You know, I think people would look Broman a little bit different too, you know, or start to get behind him a little more. You know, but Brock just destroyed him. And same here. And then at the end, I was, I mean, I like I said, I liked it if Braun is beating Brock in the, in the end. Yeah. But if he's not beating Brock in the end, uh, I don't know. But I think right now, Braun is the short term plan as the champion. I think it's, you see, with a guy like Braun, that was so hard just to put the belt on him because he should be destroying people, right? Yeah. Like he should be. So who do you have him? Like who's his opponent? I mean, Drew McIntyre, I would say is one. You can build him up, but like who else? Really, I, I not top of my head. I can't really think right now. I know mean, there's just Seth, but Seth's the baby face, and is is Braun a baby face or what is he? You yeah, know, like, yeah. And what do you do? Do you, okay? So if you're booking it, like, will you do you title change Royal Rumble? Will you do title change at WrestleMania? I guess it all depends. You know, Brock is Brock fight with Cormier. That's even still happening. Um, I know there's a lot of different variables in there. What Brock do? What do you think about Brock when you saw the 205 Brock come out? I was like, I never seen Brock so small in my life. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he's definitely training, right? Like he's he's definitely yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he looked. I mean, he looked clean at least. Because um, even in that Mark Hunt fight, remember when we watched that Mark Hunt fight, he was. He was lean, but he was still jacked. He didn't look like that I never here. Seen, I never seen his trap so small, ever. Yeah, like he, like you could see his neck. I just thought that was, that was, that was bizarre. But that guy's still strong as hell. And yeah, like, you know, his, his yeah, leg, his legs not, are were really small too. Yeah, I mean, putting Brock over, I wasn't shocked actually when it happened. I was like, hmm, cut a deal. You know, and Brock's yep. the smartest guy ever when it comes to money. Yep. Um, what do you think? What do you think would you do? Like, what, what, what would be what would be fresh and I mean, Braun and Brock is not fresh at all. So this is what I was thinking. I don't know if you think this is cool or not. Probably lame. Um, like, I would have Braun win the title at the Royal Rumble, and as a surprise winner for the Rumble, be Bill Goldberg. And you do Goldberg versus Braun. I don't know. I just think it's like like something fresh, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And I know it's kind of out of left field, but like, I just think like if you're trying to book like something special for WrestleMania, and I know you're gonna have, I don't know what kind of match you're gonna have at WrestleMania, but you know a rock match or something maybe if you can. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking like something something that's gonna be something unique, and then you have a, a dominant guy like Bill Goldberg versus. A dominant guy like Strowman, Strowman beats him, you know. I don't okay. I think that'd be kinda cool, but what if they think Roman is not gonna be out for that that long? Well then you have to have Roman win the rumble. I would. Cause I what I wonder is is if Lesnar is signed and they expect Roman to be ready at WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, it's like this guy who just beat cancer is unstoppable. And he beats Brock Lesnar in like three minutes. That'd be cool, too. I like that. 
I mean, I'm, I'm just going up to the session that Roman's not going to be ready. I mean, I want him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. want him to beat this, and I don't want it to be serious illness and, and just wishing for him to come back. But, you know, if I'm looking at it without him, you know, that's what I would do with Goldberg, just to kind of do something different. And, and you know, I think Goldberg still has a match in him, and I think, it, you know, WrestleMania against – I don't know if the fans would really be – I don't, know. I don't know how they take it, but they they really liked Goldberg last time, even though they started getting a little a little down on him towards the end. But he's been gone for a little while now. I think he can come back. But but yeah, if Roman's ready, shit, I'll definitely have Roman the Rumble. I'll definitely have Brock as champion, and I definitely have do the big finally the big coronation. I think so who's gonna who's gonna book Roman now? You know, I <laughs> hope not. You know, but and and they shouldn't boo him because. He's a hell of a talent, and he's, he works hard, and everything these people, these hardcore, smart fans bitch and moan about, you know, it's like, dude, he's everything you really like. He works hard, puts on good matches, you know, like, what the hell? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just like, but they're force-feeding him down our throats. They force-fed Bruno San Martino down our throats. They force-fed Hulk Hogan down our throats. Well, Bob Backlund was the one, any, right? Yeah, but, well, any, just any guy that... You're, they're always force feeding whoever they're pushing, right? Come on, people. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> fans drive me nuts. Uh, uh, Star Wars. <laughs> not a bad Star Wars fan. <laughs> and then we now have, and I'm a huge, and you and I are both huge Star Wars nuts, and, the, and we hate our Star Wars fan base. I know. Not, the, not the really cool people, but you know what I'm talking about. Even even Mark Hamill is like backhanding trolls on on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's the coolest. Um, okay, so we go from Brock Lesnar being in one of the uh, one of the interesting storylines in WWE to him possibly being in one of the more interesting storylines in the UFC. So Daniel Cormier easily beat um, Derek Lewis at the last UFC show on Saturday. Uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't there, but you know there's tons of talk of like, okay, who do, you know does Cormier fight Brock next does um you know does uh who, what what happens with Jones if he beats Gustafson and so if you are booking you know if you're the matchmaker for UFC like what are you looking to do are you look because from what I understand you know from from what uh, Big Dave said on on Wrestling Observer Radio Brock can fight and Brock can essentially do both in his new WWE contract so there's no li- yeah. there's no limit to him as WWE champion, and uh, and so what would you do? Would you try to get the the Cormier? Would you try to build to Cormier Jones, or would you try to build to to Brock Jones? Because I don't think you can do both. Because if you if you have Cormier face Brock, Cormier more than likely is going to win. And then you may not want to. You may not be able to do Jones and Brock, or at least it may not mean as much. But if you say, "Okay, we're only going to have Brock for this one time, and he's most likely going to lose," you may want to save him for John Jones, right? Like so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of intrigued uh, what they're going to do with this nice little love triangle they have. Yeah, I, w- I would go with Brock versus Cormier. I think that's the bigger money match than J- Jones and Cormier. You know, I know there's a grudge there and whatnot, but there's also like two straight wins by Jones that are pretty convincing, you know? So 
I think you gotta go with the freak show fight in a way. You don't have to call it a freak show fight, but basically what it was a special attraction, you know, something that get the people, the casual fan to buy. And I think that's the the Brock versus Cormier fight, you know, and and I think they should probably do it sometime early next year, maybe late February, early March, you know. The uh, the announcers after the match or after the after the main event, uh, Joe Rogan, Paul Felder, John Anik, they were talking about how the they know that the Lesnar fight is out there, but you know they they kind of wonder like from a sports perspective, you know, and they were like they were what, what were they saying? Oh, you know Cormier, you know Cormier doesn't need to do this. And in the back of my mind, I was like. Yeah, but like, what does the the new ownership want, right? Like, they just got this yeah. humongous buy rate from Conor McGregor, um, and then they follow up with Daniel Cormier, and the early numbers on Daniel Cormier are like less than three hundred thousand pay per views, right? Like, that's a big yep. difference from the guy who is. You know, your other, you know, he, he's one of your supposedly one of your big draws, but he's also like this decorated champion who's your two time, you know, who's a double champion in two weight classes. And like the drop off in the pay-per-views are so large. So, you know, like if you're the if you're the ownership, are you thinking like, well, you know, we need to make it about sports and, you know, Cormier should defend against, you know, uh, Stipe again? Or do you go? Mm-hmm. Well, if he defends against Brock Lesnar, it'll do four to five times the amount of buys, and thus, you know, it'll help us, you know, make up our investment. <laughs> and so, like, I, I sort of feel like if you're thinking about it from that perspective, like they got to do the Brock fight and they got to make it worth Brock's yep. while because now Brock has leverage with them, and he's like, look, like, you know, I have Vince. Like Vince is paying me so much money to do these two wrestling matches. Like, you guys need to make it worth my while. Yep. Oh, yeah. Smartest guy ever. And one of the best businessmen in combat sports history. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar. Always puts himself in position to make the most money possible. Um, yeah, I think the new ownership or the ownership group of the UFC, they, they're definitely going for the buy rates. And the buy rates are Brock versus Cormier. No doubt about it. So that's, that's definitely going. I, don't, I forget. I forget who the fighter was on Twitter, and, and I usually don't respond and do all this kind of stuff, but, like, he, like, how could Brock Lesnar get a title shot? I just wrote back, money. <laughs> it's money. <laughs> it's simple as that, you know, and he didn't respond back or anything, but, like, it's, it's like, it's surprising that there's fighters out there that still don't get it, you know, what yeah. this business is about, and it's about money, it's about making fights that are going to draw money, you know, and, uh, it still shocks me today that some people don't get it. Yep. And they should, should by now. So the, uh, the the New Japan Power Struggle show was also last week, and there was so much stuff going on. Um, a lot of stuff. And, uh, and so we have a sort of a, uh, a small card for Tokyo Dome. Um, we don't have all the matches yet, but, but there are some matches that have been made, so... The IWGP Junior Tag Championships basically going to be a rematch from what we saw at Power Struggle. Uh, Kushida is defending against uh, Ishimori for his uh, Junior Heavyweight mm. Championship. Uh, Okada against Jay White, which will be really interesting because 
uh, Okada's, you know, the expectation for Okada on uh, in the Tokyo Dome is, you know, four and a half stars or higher. And so that's, you know, he's got Jay White. Uh, and then Jericho Naito, what's funny is after Jericho beat Evil and Naito came out and, and sent Jericho packing, Jericho does this interview where he's basically like, you know, I, I just beat Evil. Evil's great. You know, he, he brought the fight. It's like, but I don't want. I don't want to face Naito. I already beat Naito. I, I already, I already, I already made Naito. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> wrestle him. So he's, he, you know, we're not wrestling. And then, like an hour later on the website, it says Chris Jericho versus Naito. So I don't know if signals were crossed or if Jericho wasn't supposed to say that. But then on Twitter, Jericho posted a photo of the Instagram post from New Japan. And he crossed out Naito's name. He's just like, I'm not, I'm not facing him. So, uh, so whatever, whatever they're doing, uh, that 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 will probably, I'm sure that will eventually be the match. Um, and then we have Omega and Tanahashi. So, uh, I mean, strong, strong card. It's not going to have the same U.S. crossover appeal as last year's did. I, I think that was like a really like once in a once in a great while kind of kind of thing there with Jericho and uh, and Kenny Omega um but you know who's not on this card as of yet are um the Jackson brothers the young bucks uh and Cody I'm sure they'll be on it they're just not on it now uh no Kota Ibushi but we think that he's probably going to face uh, Hiroki Goto for the uh never open championship but uh but yeah you know so most of the card is out there. I think uh, if you go back maybe three or four years, I would say this is maybe on par or maybe a little below those shows. Definitely below from a buzz perspective last year, but still like up and, up and down from a wrestling perspective, like, man, like Omega Tanahashi as the main event, like that's going to be amazing. And, and so... Like I feel like as a wrestling fan, I'm like, God, I can't wait for this card. But also, I, I realize that the buzz is a little bit short of last year's. A little bit shorter, but it's in the end, it's going to be a really good show. You know, New Japan always delivers really good quality wrestling, so I'm not I'm not worried about that. Um, yeah, because the Jacksons are not in the tag tournament coming up, so the winner of the tag tournament goes on to face the tag champs. So yeah, it's interesting, but I think they have a plan. Maybe it's going to be a big Bullet Club versus Elite match. Um, you're saying Goto versus Ibushi, which is interesting because I figured maybe Osprey would be back. You know, they're in the Chaos Group together. You know, Osprey had that title shot for the Never Title against Taichi, but he got hurt and he's out. So but maybe he's maybe he's really hurt. He's not going to make that show either. You know, we don't know how serious this injury is, but uh, it sounds like it's pretty, pretty serious to cancel the tour and cancel the big power struggle match. Um, I think he was. I think he was going to beat Tai Chi. So when Goto won the title back, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting news about Osprey and what's going on there. Um, yeah, and you know the Kushida Ishimura match should be really good. Ishimura is probably going over. Um, it's interesting to see. Kushida's future soon. We'll see what's going on with that. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's a, we're a couple months away for a big, big newsworthy month in January. Yeah, and with, with people moving and going and resigning and signing here or 
starting our own company possibly or you know we'll, we'll wait to see i'm, I'm, I'm kind of like i'm really pumped for january <laughs> and, it's, and we're gonna have a long you know some long podcast in the month of january, oh yeah sure. oh yeah and we might have to do some like impromptu ones too to discuss certain stuff um, okay, so uh, as as the as our loyal loyal listeners know, we we were covering the May Young Classic over the uh, over the summer there, and um, and then last week we kind of did a throwback match where we looked at uh, the Halloween Havoc Chamber of Horrors match, the <laughs> the great <laughs> the very memorable match that that was, and we went over the whole thing. We broke that thing down like it was the Zapruder film, and then um, and then uh, John texted me the other day, and he was like, "Hey, have you seen the John Morrison and Phoenix match from Impact?" And I was like, "Well, no, you know, I, I haven't really been watching Impact. I catch it here and there, but you know, I, it's not really on my radar." He's like, you know, you should watch that match. It's pretty good. And then I was like, oh yeah, you know, maybe we'll even talk about it. And and so we together we watched their last pay per view. Uh, but since I haven't watched any of the Impact shows, and uh, and I did watch this match, and I really liked it. I you know, it was the same building as the pay per view, which you know the ring's a little bit smaller, and the guardrails are really close, and 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 you had that sort of unique look with, with the fans really right on top of the of of the action. Uh, but, uh, did how, like, uh, we can talk about the, the match, but was there anything to that show? Cause I know you watched that entire show. Mm, I mean, I've actually been enjoying the impact show. I've been, I know I don't watch it like Thursday when it airs. I kind of just catch it on, on demand kind of through the weekend. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like nothing else on TV. I'll throw it on and it's really been an easy watch and it's kind of sad that they're not getting the buzz because the show's pretty good and pretty easy. The action is good. They really focus on a lot of high, high fast paced action matches and it's just a quick two hours and I, I like it. I like a lot of the people in it. Um, you know, the Phoenix and Johnny impact match, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's a, a really, really good match. I mean, I was just, just like, I couldn't believe all the cool athletics they were doing. I thought it was really cool to see like what they would do next, especially Phoenix. He did that run on the, the ramp into the leap to the top rope to turn around to a moonsault. I thought that was just, that was freaking nuts. Yeah. You know? So I was, I was curious to your opinion on it. Like what you thought about it. And, um, you know, like I said, like I, said I, I love the athletic ability, the high flying. Um, I wish I had a little more drama, <laughs> a little better pace. Excuse me, um, but I, I just, I just, you know, a little more build to those moves. But I mean, those guys are just—that's what they do. They do these these great high flying moves, and they're two of the best at it. And you know, I, I like I like uh, John Hagen, Johnny Impact. You know, I got to you know work with him at APW. We had him on a few shows, and he was. The utmost professional um, worked hard for you. Um, great in the locker room. So it's just um, you know I enjoy him even more now. You know I always liked him, and now now I like him even, you know even more just because you see how such a hard worker he is on the indie level. And Phoenix too, we had a Phoenix APW for the Cow Show, and he's 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 something special to watch. And 
Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun fun match, and, and and I remember we were talking about that on our our group chat and and Dutra Dave Dutra Double D he tuned in and he liked that match too. So you're like, oh man, I'll check it out. So I was really curious to hear your opinion on it. So I really liked the athleticism in the match. I, I one thing I I, I realized though is. I kind of wish they had more room to do stuff. Like, um, I think it was good that 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 ring was small in a sense of they were so quick. Like, you, you, they didn't even really have to, to take a stride, and they were, like, in position to what they wanted to do. But I thought hmm. that if they had a bigger ring, they could have sort of planned a little bit more, you know, maybe exquisite kind of things. And, and it could have even showed off their athleticism even more. But... Um, the other thing I thought about was, so this is a this is a sort of an just a you know it's really like a, a jackass nitpick by me, but as uh, they go to the first commercial, um, uh, the uh, who's the announcer Josh? Uh, what's Josh's last name? Matthews. Josh Matthews. He's sending them. She's sending it to commercial. And then they start playing music going out of the commercial while the guys are still wrestling. And I thought, I was like, well, basically you're telling me that this match isn't live. Which, it's at 10 o'clock or whatever, right? No one's going to really think it's going to be live. But I at least wanted to think that I was watching something that was sort of timely. And I thought sending it to commercial and then playing like some generic music going out to commercial uh, was was a tell that okay there's a tape show um i didn't like that part but um but otherwise i i thought the 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 uh the camera angles were pretty good cuz they they actually had some unique ones where they had one side of the move and then they they'd show a replay and be the other side and it really just you were able to see just the athleticism from these guys uh but the thing i was going to ask you about is um just the lucha influence, because what this match reminded me of was what you would see on the indies these days, right? This is the style mm-hmm. that dominates independent wrestling and is kind of like the hot style that a lot of the fan base is 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 buying tickets for. You know, in some instances, not really a whole lot of selling, um, really hot, quick moves. And because there's so many of them, you 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 can't really show how impactful they are. Uh, and, and the one that I always look at is when they do the Spanish Fly. Like when I mm-hmm. look, when I see the Spanish Fly, I I go, wow. If I was a kid in 1987, and <laughs> Ricky the Dragon Steamboat did a Spanish Fly, like that would have to end the match. Like you couldn't kick out of that thing. And it's just used as a setup move in today's wrestling, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, stuff like that where it just looks so great. Like this, I think the Spanish Fly, like the timing and the way that they 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 do the move, and it's really you know about both guys. It's so when it's done well, it's so crisp and awesome. But I always think like, why isn't that the finisher? Because it's so great, and it's just a transition yeah. move to get into something else. Yeah, that's that's the problem I have with a lot of wrestling today, and it would things don't mean as much because they're not finishers; they're just used as a transition. Um, like in this match here, we could have what we could there could have been like 
I don't know, 15 moves <laughs> in the finisher. <laughs> and I know people get upset and they're like, oh, you know, matches are, you know, they're still building the beginning, but those slow builds build the anticipation for the big moves. But when you start off right away, yeah, it's like you're, you're, you're going so high for the whole match. Like, you're not on that roller coaster. And that's what wrestling, I think the best wrestling is when you're on that roller coaster and, you know, it's up and down slow and you kind of take people in a direction and misdirect and you kind of stop, start and go back, get high impact again. And this makes those, even those smaller, like you watch those old matches, like, well, for example, like we were just reading on our, we want flair podcast reviewed Rick flair and Barry Windham. Like when they would get going, hit the ropes, bounce off it. Like it was exciting. Yeah. You know, cause they were taking their time with the holes and counter holes building up to that. So, I mean, I don't think like it wasn't my cup of tea match. I I just kind of really appreciated the 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 athletics and you know um, I was just curious to see what you guys thought. Um, it, it's kind of reminding me in, in some ways of the Ricochet Will Osprey matches. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I actually like this one a little better. I actually thought it was a little bit. I mean, it still felt like a showy performance you know, and two guys cooperating each other and all that stuff. So I wasn't like suspensive disbelief was there, just like the Osprey and Ricochet stuff. But I just felt it was just a little bit better on that. But but uh I don't know, I just think you know, you know me, like for years I didn't have really good anything good to say about impact wrestling or T N A, right? Nobody but yeah, nobody now, did. No, yeah, it's just cause it was such like you like every time I'd read a result or even tune in or get sucked into some like yeah, I gotta watch it. Maybe they'll maybe they'll turn the page. It's like same old bullshit Russo booking mm-hmm. or WWE light and just just I just would just you know they turn a lot a lot a lot of fans off. Which is, it's just sad. And now there's still that stink on it. Like a lot of people don't want to tune in. But if you're listening and you're curious and you're like wondering if you should or you know. I say give it a chance. It's an easy watch. Don Callis, Scott Moore, Sanjay Dutt are doing like a really, and then who? I'm sure there's others involved, the, the agents involved, like Abyss and and the rest. Like they're all like doing a really, really, really good job with the product, with the limited roster they have. So they don't have that much money, so I think they need to go out there. They need, they need to, and then they are doing this, trying to find those diamonds in the rough beyond the hot like indie star like. You know, they're taking advantage of getting Jordan Grace. She's debuting next week, and, you know, she's going to have some pretty good matches with uh, Tessa Blanchard, who's one of the highlights of watching the show. Um, so you got to find people like that, like these just on the cusp next indie stars, right? And, uh, you know, that's, I hope, and I, I'm like, just like when they started TNA a long time ago, like, you know, AJ Styles had a name on the Indies and it was growing on the Indies and he did some stuff with WCW and a couple stuff with WDS, but like, you know, TNA is where like they they made you know, he's a homegrown guy, right? So they need to just like find a, their next AJ Styles. I know it's hard to do because AJ's a sensational wrestler, but like, you know, find that guy, build him up, you know, start building start building find these guys. Like it's gonna take time. And most importantly, they gotta get on a network. A real a network's gonna pay him some money because yep. pop is just it is not cutting it right now. 
and um, they and, and and they are. I mean, you, you and I know they are actively searching. And anyone in common sense will know they're actually searching to get on a different network because that's what they need, that's what they need to survive. And I have to do because, as I always say, you know, we, you know, people that root for the demise of Impact Wrestling and other promotions are just being stupid because the more places they're open, they're paying wrestlers, there's more place, you know, more place for people to work. So um, I'm just rooting for them. And I think if you're, like I said, if you're been, you know, soiled on the crap of TNA in the past. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised about what they're doing now for impact wrestling and, and give it a shot. Cause it's, 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 it's an easy watch. And then there's talk of Aero Lucha coming on to pop, which could no. mean, you know, mean something negative for, for uh, impact being on that channel next, next year. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, I, I, I would love to see impact do well. Like you, there's nothing wrong with, more good wrestling on television. Yeah, definitely. All right, so the last story that I have for you, I did not prep you for this one because I wanted to hear your real native reaction to what I'm about to tell you, which is that Danielle Fischel, who is better known as Topanga on Boys Meets mm-hmm. World, yes. she married former WWE writer... Jensen Carp. Wow. Do you know? Interesting. Do, and, and so, so people may know Jensen Carp from a book that he just wrote. He was also uh, a hip hop guy back in the day. Like he, he was like, you know, when, when we were younger, uh, hip hop stations would do stuff like Battle of the Rappers, and they'd have, you know, people freestyle into their phones. Uh, and you know, and, and then they would have like the winners go on to the next night. And so Jensen, well, I think he was in LA. He won uh, some, you know, he he was like the the main battle rapper from like uh, from his area. And so he actually got a record deal out of it. Album never came out, but um, he knew Kanye West from back in the day, and he has a famous story about how. I think Kanye West owes him like 50 bucks or 500 bucks or something like that. Uh, and, and so he wrote a whole book. I haven't read the book, but it's it's one of those that it's like, it's kind of on my radar and I would love to get to it after I finish, you know, the 25 other books that I have in my Kindle. Uh, but uh, but I, wanted, I wanted you to know about that because uh, I think like, uh, now not to say Jensen is not a handsome man on his own, like, but he's not your normal sort of, you know, Hollywood TV show a dreamboat kind of guy and like I think Topanga is one of those women who um you know were really like in the dreams of of young you know 13 and 14 year old boys who watched Boy Meets World back in the day and so she's like on a pedestal above like a lot of people just because of you know youth and stuff so I just thought that was such a cool story yeah it's funny because uh you know my buddy Tom Caster you know, WWE NXT referee just like you know he took a picture of her recently. Yeah, she was at an NXT show, so that that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Carp, I think he, I think he was one of the top writers for SmackDown. I want to say maybe ECW too when they had that show on Sci-Fi. I think that's I think that's right. But um, that's cool, man. That's a uh, go to Panga. You know what I mean? And good go for go Carp. You know, good score there. And, and so, she still looks great. Like I thought. Uh, that picture, I think she looks. She doesn't look like she aged that much. 
at all. No, she looks she looks really good. And she's I mean, she's only like maybe three or four years younger than you, five years younger than me. Um, you know, and and yeah, you're right, she looks great. Uh, here's here's the other thing. Now I don't know if you remember this, but we we did talk about it in our all in review. You remember one young John Mayer was in the front row. Oh no! He was sitting next to Jensen Carp at that show at All In. Got it. And so after that show, they did an Instagram story together, and uh, John Mayer, you could tell he doesn't really know much about wrestling. But he went, you know, because Jensen is his buddy. And then at the wedding, this is like my dream. Like, if I was ever to get married again, like, who do I want to play at my wedding? John Mayer played at Jensen Carp and, and uh, Topanga's wedding. Freaking amazing. Uh, I'm not impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you would want... John Mayer to play at your wedding. I would think you would want Tri-Claw Quest, man. What the hell? I'm disappointed. Okay, but if I, Fife Dog has passed away, so maybe I maybe oh. if I could get Q-Tip. But there's like a little, like there's, if, if you're, if you're, you know, when you think about a wedding, you have, you're thinking about like a broader audience, not just yourself. Yes, there's a handful of artists who may be above John Mayer in my list, but for that like sentimental, you know, uh, just the some of the songs that he writes like they're they're really they're really touching and i i dig i dig them a lot but um but yeah like you know huey lewis in the news would probably be number one but after that you know there's a list um yeah i think you should uh ace and souls of mischief um <laughs> you know I forget the broader audience man let's just play some cool hip-hop that's why i expect from the garrett is all okay you know okay I mean? that's what i want the the dj the DJ would be on fire, but just if you get a Dude, band, it has to be like '90s hip hop. Oh yeah, all day. Yeah, I want '90s hip hop at Garrett Gonzalez's next wedding. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I might even I might even bust a rhyme. That's how <laughs> drunk I'd be. <laughs> that's gonna be a hell of a wedding, but that's that's, that's let's not talk about that, man. Right yeah, that, 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 that's that's many many years in the making. Um, okay, so the you know our normal sort of last two segments of of every show that we do, uh, you know we check in on uh, on what John's watching. Though being that you've been in Fresno, I don't know what you've been able to watch, but has there been anything out there that has caught your eye in the world of professional wrestling? <laughs> Glad you said world of professional wrestling. Um, I tuned in because I couldn't be there. It's the second year in a row I couldn't be at the APW slash Gold Rush. Um, Young Lions Cup. So, you know, they put it on YouTube. So, you know, I got back to my hotel a little early, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to tune into the Young Lions Cup and and watch it. And I didn't have high expectations of this one. I, I, so I saw the list of 16 wrestlers. I was kind of like, okay. You know, but, you know, Young Lions Cup, I kind of like, they're all young. They're, they're green workers, so you can't, I mean, you can be hard on to, to teach them, but like you can't be like, oh, they just suck, you know, because they're just they're learning, they're growing, and you know, you got to have to have the experience. They don't have it yet, but I would say that I was pleasantly surprised by some of the talent, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did not enjoy the finals, though. I thought the finals was was a major letdown after I thought the the tournament was over overachieving. And it was just too short. And the finals basically is a four-way. It starts with 
uh, four tag matches, the winner of the tag matches go on to face each other in the second round, and the winner of those matches go into a four-way final. Oh, that's actually what I was going to go into, the, the history of the tournament. Yeah, so, you know, when I, you know, actually, <laughs> in, you know, 2008, when I was booking APW, I was booking the show Christmas Chaos is our big, you know, December show. And I was still on the card, and then there's a spot where it's like some young kids I wanted to put on there. And I, I just want to throw them on a card, and how boring is that? But I want you know, they all worked hard. I really wanted to feature them. So, you know, I got a trophy made, and, and I called the Young Lions Cup, and it basically was a four-way elimination. And, you know, when it was over, people thought it was, you know, got a lot of good response. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe this will be a fun, like, spring event. Where, you know, the budget won't be that high. It'll just be the young kids. And we'll do like a tournament. So I would do like an eight-man tournament. Well, each year, you know, Young Lions Cup kept getting a little more popular and popular. People looking forward to it. And so I just went nuts. In um, 2012, I, you know, made it 16-man tournament. Then because I didn't want the show being too long, I had the first round be the tag matches, which lead to the winners of the tag matches wrestling each other. You know, but I didn't have a four-way final. But then uh, that's the year that Jeff Cobb won that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Sparky, the owner of Gold Rush, you know, he's also, you know, took on the APA boot camp and passed away. And the, the APA garage goes down. He, he named the school the APA boot camp in honor of Roland. And, and you know, they're going to train the APA way anyways. And it was a nice, nice uh, gesture for him. And so he wanted to continue nutrition and give a spot to the young kids. So he created the, you know, he continued Young Lions Cup, but he added like elements from that 2012 tournament and the original match, the four-way elimination match. So, you know, I was a little disappointed in the four-way elimination. Like the guys who got eliminated early got eliminated early quickly and they didn't get a chance to sign. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a lot of time. Um I think if you're going to cut time, you cut it early, not later for the finals. Because the finals was an important match of that show, and um, the winner was a HW kid uh, or Gold Rush kid as well, uh, Derek Slade, who's a good kid, a lot of potential. I like him a lot. Um, good humble kid, has a lot of potential. I I don't like how Sparky's booking him, and the fact that I think I wish he wouldn't take MPT from him. MPT. I like good guy, but MPT is MPT, and he's gonna kind of take some of you know, he's kind of he's gonna put himself over a little bit, and I think he takes away from Derek Slade. And he'd come out for his like promo before, just just took away from the kid, you know what I mean? And I just didn't, I didn't, didn't think that was cool. Um, there's a kid from the Pacific Northwest, Eddie Pearl, who looked like a damn good heel and he looks just like Art Bar. Wow. Freakish. Like I, I thought he was like related, honestly. And I was talking to uh Levi Shapiro who was doing color commentary and he said he wasn't related, but he gets that a lot that, you know, he looks like Art Bar and stuff. And he actually didn't make it to the finals. I thought that was a big mistake. I think he should have been in the finals. Um the there's a kid from Pro Revolution here in San well, in San Jose, the Gabriel Miro School Ultra Hashi, like an Ultraman gimmick, has the mm-hmm. mask and everything. And he was a good little junior heavyweight. And if I was booking it, I probably would have had him in the finals with Eddie Pearl. I think they would have had a really good match. 
Um, I'm not, and I'm not against Eric Slade winning. I think that it was a, it was a good choice. I'm just saying, like, if you're just booking strictly for like you want the best thing possible, I think I would go with Alter Hashi versus Eddie Pearl. Um, the kid that was off in the finals, uh, Alfonso Alvarez uh, from San Diego Brothers Wrestling School down south, a little, uh, you know, he had like, you know, pretty high level, you know, amateur wrestling in down south. So he has like a really good base and all those kids from Santino uh, Brothers Wrestling has always come out really, really good. You know, they, they produce, you know, Brody King and um, Tyler Bateman, Rays, um, tons of others like Tito Escondido, like there's, there's a lot of good, good, good talent that comes out of that that school by Joey Chaos, and um, so he he was in the finals, which I like, but he got eliminated so quickly, it was like he didn't get a chance to shine. Same with Ultra Hashi, and the kid that was in the finals with Derek Slade, um, B Fresh from East Bay Pro. Um, I like his little, I like his fire, but right now I just see him as a mid card guy. I like to see him kind of change that name. I think D Fresh is very mid card to me. Um, his gear was very, very mid-card. You know, he needs to spend money on his gear, get in the gym, tighten up. I, I think he has the talent, you know, to be more than a mid-card guy. He just seemed to have a lot of energy. I like that about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But overall, I thought, the, I, thought, I thought it was, like, like I said, overachieved for me, and I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it a lot. And, I'm, you know, I was in Fresno and, and, and unable to make it, and I was pretty bummed about that. So it's like, you know, kind of, you know, Young Lions Cup has a special – special dude to my heart you know so and there's a lot of some mistakes they made but they're all young and like there's a moment where like one of the little guys with the big guy <laughs> crossed the ring and I'm like why would you ever let a little guy whip you across the ring I would stop kicking <laughs> the gun punch in the face by slam him put the boost to him you know what I mean like don't ever do that it's just but that's just minor errors that hopefully a veteran in the back corrected them yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know it's fun, and uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, go to the Gold Rush Pro uh, YouTube page, check it out, and let me know your thoughts. And there's a lot of production errors, which is kind of annoying. Um, I didn't like how they introduced the talent in the beginning. I think they, the ceremony in the beginning was kind of rushed and just looked. I was kind of disappointed in that. I was kind mm-hmm. of disappointed in that. Um, okay, so I will mention one thing that I watch, but it's not wrestling related. It is related to this really show. Works hard, and he like you know he really will. Yep, and be my spirit is good on commentary, and so does Matthew Theo. So it was a cool show. Cool. So we we did we lost you there for a second, but um, <clears throat> I will say that I watched something myself uh, that it's not wrestling related. But it is kind of related to this show. It's a, you know, we were talking a little bit about hip-hop music uh, a few minutes ago. There's this documentary called Hip-Hop Evolution on Netflix. They did a season of four or five episodes. It was probably about a year and a half, two years ago. Really good. It was kind of like the origin and the birth of it. And then they came back recently with a second season. And so one of the... One of the episodes is on the Bay Area. The Bay Area's influence on hip hop music. So I always like to jokingly say that our show is like the too short selling tapes from the back of his trump a trunk of podcasts. And uh, in that episode is a heavy dose of too short selling tapes out of the back of his trunk. 
and his or <laughs> and his origin story. So, if you want to know why I say that jokingly, check out Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Uh, the, the second season, second episode on Bay Area rap. If you are not aware of Too Short, most well, some of you may be, but that's that's kind of the inside joke about about how I relate our podcast. So go ahead and watch that. It's uh, it, it's really good, by the way. If you're a hip hop fan or if you're just interested in learning about hip hop, um, the, the guy does an, an amazing job. Um, yeah, Too so, very very big into the Me Too movement right now. I think his music really. <laughs> 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 oh man that, some of those songs man look Woo! they they talk about that they talk about oakland being um really about you know th- there's a certain amount of freedom you you had in oakland and there was a certain amount of liberalism in oakland but there was also like two streets in in oakland where the cops didn't bother like the pimps and the hookers and they kind of were able to do their thing and so like that that that's like the pimp culture uh of the 70s was pretty big in oakland and and you could hear it in like the music of the kids who are coming out of that you yeah know, that that whole era so very 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 good very good show uh so check that out so the last thing um we have a few minutes left here and uh let's Quick update. Well, I mean, you're away from the children, but is there anything mm-hmm. anything going on with the kids? Um, nothing. I mean, nothing really to report. Just you know, it's, it's it sucks being away from them, you know. And then for some damn reason, my FaceTime has been really goofy and, and hit and miss. And you know, like she calls me. I'm at this place called the Doghouse here in Fresno. It's like a big popular popular you know, Fresno college student hangout ball. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, me and my boss had a few and he had tried tip sandwich and, uh, it was, just, it was nice. But then she calls me and then like, I can't really hear cause it's kind of a loud, loud bar. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, Oh, Chloe started crying cause she missed you. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, that stuff just, you know, just gets you, you know, and then like tonight I get home, you know, early from the, the bar and I'm chilling and I'm like, I call up and talking to her and my wife and Chloe a little bit and she's like, okay, well, we'll call you later, you know, and I put him to bed. I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm like, okay, and it was like 8.30, I'm like, I text my wife and I'm like, hey, is Chloe in bed yet? And she's like, oh yeah, she's sleeping already. And I was like, bummed out. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to her. Yeah. And yeah. I got bummed. You know, I know this is not a cutesy little story, but. I was, you know, just, 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 I just felt fun tonight. I really wanted to talk to her because, you know, and she was really tired and went to sleep. But, you know, tomorrow's another day. So, and then that's my last night here tomorrow. Then I head back on Friday afternoon and, you know, I get home early so I can spend the day with the kids. So it will be nice. So not, not to, not to make this a doubly sad story. But, oh, um, but not, uh, so uh, September 11th, uh, 2001, uh, I was on a business trip in uh, Houston, Texas, of all places. Wow. And so the night that we you know we get in the day before, I'm with my buddy Cactus Jim. That's the, really the I think it's really the first time that I met Cactus Jim. And, uh, and, and so, you know, Jim and I have been friends ever since that day. So now, you know, 17 years 
and and we're hanging out and then the next morning we're about to head off to work you know we're on this business trip we're trying to uh teach this this company that we just bought like our process our order fulfillment process and then you know <laughs> you, i mean you know what happens and so we're stuck yeah. there for several days and so my kids were uh one and a half no 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 he would have been he would have been two brian would have been two and JJ is less than a year old. So that happens. You know, my ex-wife is 20, all of, what, 25, 24, uh, with two kids and just scared out of her mind about what just happened, you know, to the in the world. And, like, I could not get home until the weekend. Like, there were no <laughs> flights going out of Houston and I thought about driving, you know, jumping in a car and, and driving the whole way home. We decided to stay. And then a, sort of a trivia note is I was at that that infamous, or maybe it's famous, I don't know. I kind of feel it's a little infamous. That SmackDown Live on Thursday where they were like the first show to kind of go back and, and do their thing. So I was, I was in Houston for that show, uh, that SmackDown Live uh, event. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, that, that now, you know, I, I totally feel your pain. Um, and you know, props to your wife for, for dealing with, you know, ba- basically being, a, a a parent, you know, single parent for a couple of weeks when, when you are, you know, out, out at work, you know, supporting your family, but you know, it's hard, it's hard doing it. And, and then, um, it just, but it does make it sweeter when you do get to go home and then you feel, like you need to make up like the whole week in a couple of days, so I'm sure you'll make mm-hmm. the week the weekend you know totally fun, and you guys will do some fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. When I get back the whole weekend, everyone's like, the coworker asked me today, like, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" I'm like, "Just spending time with the family because I'm been yeah. away, you know." And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting home, you know, and it's kind of getting to. It's fun. We have a good time at night. Um, usually, we have a couple and let loose but you know it's time to get back to reality (laughs) you know and uh i'm in that kind of situation like you were in back then like you know my company acquired another company and that's why i'm here to help them you know learn processes and and uh, the system and 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 you know they're in good hands now everyone's hitting their now this is kind of easy week you know for the couple weeks i was going i was was president was a little a little more challenging, but now they they got everything. So now I'm just kind of like really just kicking back, but it's like nine hours, and it's like a slow day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. We're just you know itching to get out and get a bite to eat and get a cold one and just relax, you know. Uh, so I do have something uh, modern day, which is uh, I have a uh, a soon to be 18 year old in two weeks, uh, actually 11 wow. days. 11 days. Uh, my youngest will be 18. And so uh, we're going to head out to Arizona. His brother's out in Arizona going to school at U of A, uh, and we're going to hang out. We're going to drive to Phoenix and go to a, a, a Phoenix Suns uh, basketball game. But that that's next week. So he's got a couple things that he's got to do this week before, which is fill out his college application. So we did some of that, uh, and I was over there last night you know, working with him. And uh, I said, so, you know, there's this movie out, what Jonah Hill directed, it's called Mid-90s, I think you'll really like it, let's check it out. And he's like, alright, let's do it, and so we were supposed to go do that, 
And so uh, I text him the the night before. I'm like, hey, you know we're still going to go see that movie, right? He's like, oh, yeah, the the Jonah Hill movie? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I already watched it. I was like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, sorry, I should have said something. I was like, yeah, you should have said something. Because then I could have seen it, you know, I could have seen it with somebody else. But it's like, it just reminded me that you know, 17 and 18 year olds, like you kind of put yourself back into that, to that moment. Like you have all these worries and like, you have all these expectations and you're just kind of like, just into your own world. You know, you're so selfish. You don't really, you like, you're so scared of having to grow up and you still want to be a little bit of a kid, but you know, like the world is changing and you're trying to like push back time. But it just cracked me up. Like, I really didn't care if, if he and I saw Like, I can see it any time. But just the fact that I was the one that told him to watch it. And then he goes and watches it with his friends and doesn't even tell me. I was like, dude, how selfish can you be? Like, do you see how selfish that is? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, totally screwed up. And I'm just like, man, to be 18 again. Like, his brain must be, like, going crazy right now with all the hormones and just the insecurities and everything going on. I told I told yeah, him he, I, I told him he was a, being a dick by the way so he 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 knew that I was Look, he knew that I was I, I was serious. I almost saw that movie on uh, Sunday night. I was like, "What movie was I going to see?" But I ended up like waiting for some of my coworkers to get in town, but they didn't get late, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I still want to see the movie." But I was kind of bummed. Uh, I was curious if you saw it. I wanted to know how good it was. If it's worth checking out or waiting to see when it comes on Netflix or HBO or something like that. So. Yeah, I think I think I'll see it soon. Maybe even go out with our buddy, the Heartbreak Kid, David Rubio. I'll have to see what he's what he's doing. Um, but uh, but the other movie I want to see is uh, A Star Is Born, which I've already seen. I just want to see it again. And then I already bought tickets for Creed Two for my mom's birthday, which is the uh, we're gonna see it the day before Thanksgiving. So we already got, already got a few movies tracked out. Nice. Yeah, I'm thinking about. Well, it depends what happens tomorrow night, and if I have a couple, I probably won't still go out. <laughs> there's a movie. Theater, there's a movie theater really close by here, but I'm not a big fan of drinking and driving. Even if it's like you think you can handle it, I just don't do it. And the the great kinda, the great the great city of Fresno doesn't have Uber. Oh, I know it's Uber, but I don't want to pay. So I I wanted to see the new. It's not he didn't direct it, but his company Bad Rope. I produce that. The movie Overlord looks kind of interesting. Mm. Um, it's uh, premieres on the ninth, but you know there's some showings tomorrow night. There's like a seven o'clock and a ten o'clock, so I think I can catch a ten o'clock if I'm really up to it. But we'll see what happens tomorrow night. We're gonna go to a another Fresno college hangout. Nice, the Mad Duck. So we'll see how that goes. So so yeah, so we're done here. Next week we'll we'll figure out a recording date. Thursday night, we're both going mm-hmm. to WWE's NXT TV taping. So we won't be able to record Thursday night unless it's like super late. Uh, so we'll either record Wednesday before that, or maybe figure out a way to 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 talk about you know the the TV taping as well if we if we can. But um, otherwise, we will be back uh, next week. And uh, we'll figure out something else to, to kind of go over, some match or some old match or a new match maybe to, to kind of break down and, and go over and, and really uh, 
you know, like I said, much like the the uh, JFK Zapruder film, we do, we just dig, we just go deep, way deep into the, into the into the stuff. So deep deep dives, as the kids say these days. Deep dives. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have the opportunity to uh, rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess now, uh, go ahead and do that. You know, I think uh, that's one way that that your your podcasts actually go up in the search rankings, as if you get a lot of a lot of ratings. So so five stars. You know, much like uh, um, a, a, a Kata match. If you can rate us five stars, we would <laughs> greatly appreciate it. So. For John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.